Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. G-A-L-D-E-M G-A-L-D-E-M This song is good. Hello and welcome to Galdem's first ever podcast. Inspired by our book, I Will Not Be Erased, our stories about growing up as people of colour. My name's Liv, I'm Galdem's founder. And for those of you who don't know, Galdem is an award-winning media company committed to platforming the voices, perspectives and creative work of women and non-binary people of colour. Hello, I'm Charlie. I'm the head of editorial at Galdem and I'll be co-hosting our podcast with Liv. We're super excited to be starting our journey with you. Each week we'll invite a guest to respond to old diary entries, letters or text messages from their younger selves. The point is to nurture important discussions about growing up. You can find Growing Up with Galdem on Apple Podcasts, the Acast app, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to our podcast, Growing Up with Galdem. In this episode, we are speaking to Naeem Davis, the one and only, um, who is a cultural curator and the co-founder of Babes. So thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. We're so excited. Could you tell our listeners out there a little bit more about who you are and what you do? Sure. Um, I'm Naeem Davis, grew up in Eltham, South East London, born and raised. Uh, Eltham? Yeah, I know, Did you? Right? Deep. <laughs> uh, that's where Sasha goes, actually. Yeah, I know, but we've had two, two people Yeah, didn't Sasha go to my school? I think Sasha went to my school and then ended Brit. up going to... Then we ended up going to Black... Where did you go? What was you going again? 
Sasha didn't go. Oh, okay. No, I different, most different Sasha. Yeah, maybe. Anyway, anyway, from yeah. Elton. <laughs> from Elton. Um, yeah, I, I'm a cultural curator, mostly around like queer, trans and non-binary people of colour. I create safer spaces, um, healing spaces, um, art spaces um, that kind of look at democratising art institutions, creative industry, and making them more accessible to my community. I also do a bit of consultancy, so I work with brands, um, festivals, uh, art institutions, uh, as to how to make their spaces more inclusive on, in a kind of like back of house capacity rather than front of house. Amazing. We were just discussing before you came in, uh, I think we were probably both at the first ever Babes event. Were you at the first Babes? I think, I think so. you both were. Yeah, yeah I yeah. remember being there. I remember being there with Leo for sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, was, was it one of the ones like, that was wow. in a uh, bunker? Um, no, uh, is that um, Buster Mantis? Buster Mantis, that's it. Sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's definitely. It. I remember, and I remember seeing. This is when I was like such a big fan of um, Cecilia Mike, <laughs> and I didn't know um, Babs or Michelle, and was just so scared to be like for the fact that I was in the room with them. <laughs> yes. I couldn't look at them I like it was that. just like really intense. <laughs> but I mean, that was just such a magical first evening. Mm. Yeah, it was beautiful. I, I didn't. Um, I could never have imagined that Babes that Babes event would lead to. Babes, which is just so much, so yeah, many so things. so many things now. <laughs> yeah, no, it was amazing. It was amazing. I'd never, yeah, had never been in a, like, queer space like that before. Um, so, yeah. And then times it was like, even though we said it was explicitly queer and we'd, like, mm. used artwork to make it, you know, mm. accessible to them folk, it just, it was, it was across the board. It was, like, more like queer methodology, a queer ideology that united the party opposed to, like, people identifying as queer in that space. It's more that you, if you're black and second generation, then you're ultimately queer in the first place, like mm. in, a, in the kind of like etymology of the word queer. Mm. Yeah, I just remember it feeling that it was really special and that it had a lot of it had a lot of thought gone into it, unlike a lot of the parties I went to at that time. It was really well curated. Yeah. And like the, the fact that it was like an exhibition and a party, mm. it was great. Yeah. It was really and I don't even I don't know how I like heard about it. Yeah, or, me either. Because I, I didn't know, know it. any of you before. Yeah. But yeah. it was just like I think it's like a South London thing and we were just like, you know, we'll go down and support and we just started Gaudem as well. So it was like this little hub. I think that around that time four years ago, whatever it was, there must have been something in the air that was like, <laughs> honestly, yeah. Something was cooking. Yeah. Um, well, the reason that we've invited you here today mm -hmm. um, is, John looks so worried, um, is that we want to hear you read out a snippet um, it's, a, it's a Facebook message that yeah, you've chosen. Yeah. A Facebook message. Um, I, I don't, I don't want to say too much. So we want you to delve in, read this snippet, and then we're going to ask you a couple of questions and get you to reflect. Sure. I woke up this morning feeling like shit. And not because I had a hangover, but because last night was meant to be our last chance to say goodbye. To, and it was my last chance to reassure you in person that you are the only girl I'm going to be thinking about while you're away. I know now that I failed, and the fact we didn't get the bus together didn't help. Aww. Shut up. <laughs> I had this moment in heaven when I started to think or panic about where this was going, and I just tried to turn it off and carry on like I didn't like you as much as I do. I think I even took some next girl's number. I'm a dickhead, I know. And now you think, I, and I know you think I'm a pimp and I'm naughty, but to be honest, I'm the biggest neat going and a serial monogamist. This is the longest I've been single in years and I've only ever had two girlfriends and those relationships started almost instantly after we met and both ended badly. People keep saying to me I should enjoy being single and not start anything because it seems to them that I'm always jumping into things but to be honest, 
It's fun being able to flirt and be fancy free, but I don't think the hype, I don't like the hype and indecision. I think what I'm trying to say is that I don't want the cookie jar. I just want one cookie. You are my Oreo, LOL. <laughs> I know I messed up last night and gave you the completely wrong impression of what I want or who I am, which might be why you didn't answer my calls this morning, but I really do like you and have no intention of seeing anyone else while you're away. So hurry up and get back from Turkey so we can make out. P.S. This is why I don't go drunk to heaven. Oh, I know you hate this, but I think that is just the cutest message. I really do. 18-year-old me was very moist. <laughs> My Oreo. <laughs> Um, how do you feel reading that out? And how old were you when you... When I think I'd just turned 18. You know. I'd just broken up with... Um, I can't remember her name. And <laughs> Some next two. Some next... No, not even that. Not even that. I think I just blocked it out. Oh. Um, uh, yeah, I just turned 18. Just started legally clubbing, but I've been maybe clubbing for about... Since I came out when I was 16. And yeah, I was super young. I think I... After I left school... I tried to go to college twice, but I just found independent learning so hard and I barely got GCSEs in the first place. So, and I didn't get diagnosed as neurodivergent until a lot later, so understood my learning difficulties. But at the time, was, wasn't working and wasn't doing much and I was just constantly in the club. And so this one girl, and she went to the, 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 the like mixed school down the end of the road of my school and she was like the Turkish Regina George. She was so paying. <laughs> and um, I've been chasing, not not necessarily chasing her, but I met her at a house party, and it turns out like I could get, I was getting queer vibes. I'm not sure, but I was getting queer vibes, and um, and we were we were becoming friends. But she kept telling me she was like, you know, I'm not gay, I'm not queer, I'm not. Well, I was like, cool, 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 cool. And I think she kind of gave me the green light one night beforehand, and then we'd all gone to heaven, got lit, and I felt like oh, I lost my chance. So that was kind of kind of the message. Um, yeah, then we ended up in a relationship for like three years after. Oh, it's a two. Wow. Yeah. Oh, that's the that outcome. You spoiled it. <laughs> yeah, we're going yeah. to build oh, sorry, up to sorry, it. Sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> you can just cut that bit out. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, what, I mean, how does it make you actually feel reading that, though? Like, do you feel sort of sad or? Oh, definitely not sad. I'm like, oh, bless you. You was really, I felt like reading that, even like down to the text, I was really trying to mirror her energy and how she spoke and um, just... I think I was really trying hard to be the one that she wanted. And to be fair, uh, when I read it now, there's a certain sense of like urgency around being with her. And I think it was because I didn't have a lot going on at the time. And I think, well, it wasn't that I didn't have a lot going on. It's just that my queer education was so important to me at that time. So being in the club, being in the gay club, having a girlfriend was so important to like all the years I'd lost to like not acknowledging my, like, my gender and my queerness. And so... I feel like that letter or that that message is less about her and more about what I wanted at the time. Like mm -hmm. I wanted that very normative, beautiful girlfriend and to be like secure yeah. in something. And you were sort of pointing out the fact that you were a serial monogamous. Like, you know, it was, yeah, that's really Like being introspective but doing the same shit at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, where did you get your like queer education from? Like, what were you doing? I ne I've never been to heaven, so I'm like... Well, I would say like, I wouldn't necessarily describe it as my queer education just because it was so normative. I would mm. say like, as someone who came out as gay or lesbian at the time, it was really, really imperative to be in a space like um, heaven. And I get it, I, yeah, I got it mostly on the dance floor of this one night every Wednesday called Work, put on by Patrick Lilly. 
And it was like the, the biggest sea of black gay people I'd ever seen. Like every single Wednesday. I went, I think I went 52 times in a year. You counted. Oh, wait, it's like the full year. Yeah. <laughs> Like, like I wouldn't miss it because I was like, "There's, there's. This is the only space, like where I can. It wasn't necessarily like be myself, but like learn what that could be and look like. Like this first time I'd ever seen like queer elders. It was the first time I had seen like, uh, like Jamaican immigrant people being visibly queer." Um, and I think that was really important, but it didn't teach me a lot other than that, other than how binary, like, those spaces have to be out of survival. Like, I had a lot of, like, resentment for the fact that I didn't feel like I could grow into my gender in, in those spaces and eventually stop going. But I think about it now and I actually think, no, a lot of those people were dressed like that because they had to go back to wherever they were from and show up in a certain way. Um, and, uh, yeah, that was the beginning of my queer education for sure, but I reckon I got it. Fully, fully. Um, when I, in my second year of uni, I went and lived in San Fran. Um, as part of my dissertation, I was studying like queer porn. And I didn't really know what it was. I was almost like on the search for it. And when I got there, I was like, oh. And I kind of, people very cotton, cottoned on very quickly. They were like, this is some genderqueer youth. They don't know themselves. A lot of elders around me, a lot of um, really in, like, incredible people they gave me a lot of uh, material and like black queer feminist theory and the porn pornographer I was shadowing for my dissertation she uh she just led me down this path of like self exploration and just a complete portal into wow. queer ideology how did you like kind of like bringing it back a little bit in in kind of like the first place how did you know like where to go to find I know that it was still quite binary at that point, but as like a baby Naeem, how did you know where to go to find those people in the first place? How did I know? I think, so, <laughs> when I was about 16, I found out about Pride. And and I had a boyfriend at the time. And I said to my boyfriend, I'm going to go to Pride and just like take pictures. These times I was mad into film and just like observing people. And I took my best friend at the time. And we kind of, quietly admitted that we think we might be queer to each other we went there had a good time and then my boyfriend arrived and he was oh, he was like can I come and then kind of went back into the closet mode and while I was there there were like tons of different floats with different people and I came across I don't know the urban float and um or stage and I was like this is my people's where can I find that again and then when I was Maybe about 17, 18, I met um, my friend Alex at college and he he was like, oh, let's go gay raven. I think I'm gay, blah, 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 blah. And it was just like a Google search. It was like, we're going to go to heaven. Um, and then when heaven, obviously, I don't know if you've been, but it's it's like one of the biggest clubs in Europe, I think. And it's got so many different rooms. So there was like so many pockets of queer community and LGBT community that um, eventually found home. And then once you got into one pocket, everyone was like, oh, there's this party on this day, or there's this mm -hmm. party on this day, or there's this house party. And then I didn't, I didn't even discover Black Pride until maybe like I was mid-20s. Um, wow. So yeah, it was just like a roving thing of like stepping into different friendship groups more than anything mm -hmm. and then finding out more. 
and excavating more as to where where the folks were. I'm quite interested in how like language evolves as well and and kind of like use of the term queer and when you did kind of um I don't know, enter those spaces and you were kind of saying, yes, you know, I am queer, these are my people. How, how do you feel the kind of language around your identity and your understanding of maybe what it means to be queer has developed from that point that you were like 16 to now? Hmm. It's like rapidly, rapidly. Like it's become so much more expansive. I think at that time when I wrote that, I, I don't even, I think I used to say like, I think I used to be, I used to be really refused to be called a lesbian. Mm. I was like, I am gay. Lesbian's different. It's like, and I didn't put it down to the fact that lesbian felt very cis, normative, white, for what that matter. And that's why I rejected it. So that's for a very long time, I just defined myself as gay, as like a gay woman. Then I went to live in San Francisco, came back, and I was like, I'm queer. I was delivering that to people, and they were like... <clears throat> When was this? How long ago was this? Nah, this was 2000 and... 2000... What, what were we in now? 2014. 19, yeah. Okay. 2000, no, no, maybe 2013. Okay. okay. I came back and I was using that word and everyone was like, oh, it's a bit extra. Mm. Um, or offensive even. Mm, mm, mm. And I was like, there's this big reclamation of it and the etymology just means strange and like who wants to be normative and there are all these things. And mm. and everyone was just like, you're just gassed because you just wrote dissertation. Like, sure. <laughs> <laughs> you got all these words. <laughs> exactly. Um, and then I think as I searched for more community who was who were trying to interrogate and trying to dismantle what they'd been boxed as before, um, I think I learned about so many different other types of ways of being. Like when I remember when I was living in San Fran, I was so I was so enamored by the trans masculine people there. And but I was like, oh, I, I have to be a man. I have to be an F to M person to want to get top surgery or to to want to take tea or transition in any way. Um, and then I found slowly but surely found language by doing babes um, and found non-binary people and found people who were like. I am taking testosterone, but I don't identify this way or, you know, like that that journey is entirely your own. Gender is entirely your own. Um, but it has mostly evolved due to social media, without a doubt. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of like my life education after education stopped and I wasn't just being paid to think mm. came from like my timeline, without a doubt. Do you f- still feel like you're going through an evolution or do you feel... Oh, yeah, completely. I just, yeah, I'm... I feel like such a youth. I feel like I have so so much more, so much more of a way to go and so much further to travel with this evolution. Especially as like, I don't know we've just been robbed of so much with the like a British education and just being displaced so many in so many ways and and in different times that I feel like I've got so much unlearning to do that it's going to take a lifetime and mm-hmm. I'm not sure I even get to that point. Yeah, your your heritage is similar to man and lives right. So, you, is your family Jamaican? Same Jamaican? area <laughs> as me and Charlie. Same oh, Elizabeth. really? Same Elizabeth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so Jamaica. Yeah, there is. I I don't know. Maybe there's more than average. Of We're all Elizabeth. cousins. Yeah, I love that. I reckon we I'd are. Love you to know. Find that out. Yeah. Yeah. I'll take yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, the, the the other thing I I sort of obviously drew from your extract was about love. L O V E. How has your attitude to love changed over the years? Mm. I've still never read um, on love. But it's something I dip in and out of. Mm. Um, how has it changed? I think before, I think 
back then I used to think it was something that consumed you, something you weren't in control of. And I think I have defined love now in my my big big age, um, of as as um as an as an act an action a verb. And I think it's about care. Um, I think it's about respect. I think it's about evolving at the same rate and pace and like checking in. And back then, it was definitely like this very chaotic. Anything goes. All is seems very, quite glamorous. It's yeah, like, always fair in love and war. It mm. was very like it was a performance. And mm. I, there's someone I'm dating at the moment who's like, I can see when you're trying to mirror me or show up and say things that I you think I want to hear. Mm. And I know that's an old practice, but mm. you don't need to do that here. Mm-hmm. Like, and I think definitely in that. In that piece, I was trying to do You're that. Mirroring, yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That's fascinating, isn't it? Because I think that, especially when you really fancy someone, mm. it is tempting to just do everything you can in your power to make them like you more. Mm. But you have to be honest with yourself. You have to learn to be who you truly are in front of them. And yeah, I think it's nice that you're with someone now that is allowing you the space to do that. Has that been a real journey for you to get to that point? Yeah, man. I just convinced myself of madness just to date someone. Like mm. honestly, I've, so many times I got a relationship. I was like, I never even liked that person. <laughs> Um, but I think, I think it's because I just had no real examples of love that wasn't conditional. Um, in all my immediate imagery and relationship to people in romantic love, it was always kind of functional or Mm. dysfunctional. (laughs) Um, but it was never about, um, and no one ever talked about what it took to be in love and, you know, how to make it longevitous. And, and I, you know, unfortunately, a lot of us don't have queer elders. I don't know what it looks like to get to, like, 40-odd and still be in the same relationship and for us to still be working. And it's only now I'm starting to interrogate it and interrogate different ways of having relationships. Like, you know, if, I'm always talking about polyamory and open relationships and non-monogamy and, um, and how as a generation, we can make that work as a community because when you're doing it inside of a vacuum, everyone has their opinions, but we actually need to have conversations as communities as to how um, we show up for people who love differently. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. 
With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Wow! Nice! Yeah! What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hmm. It's interesting then because you, because in that extract you talk about how you're monogamous and, and this and the other and now you're kind of talking more about, um, yeah, the fact that we can love multiple people and like how can we have those kind of conversations within the community rather than in a kind of microcosm. Um, how, what what has that journey been like or what has that kind of switch in mindset been like or, or openness, I guess? Say that again. What I'm trying to say is... No, I ask I questions in a really roundabout way. Um, I am basically trying to ask like how your mind or your conception of um, being with one person versus the, our ability to love and be with multiple people like... When did that change and, and how did that change? And what was the shift in your mindset? Or? Um, I think I realised that I'd always lived in a polyamorous household. Um, whether it was necessarily like what both of my father's parents chose was another matter, but they were choosing to still have a relationship with him and they knew about each other. You know, my father's children knew about each other and we made it work. And that was my first ever example of romantic love. Um, and even though it was fraught and it wasn't necessarily handled in the best way, I think I saw that there was room and capacity for it to exist. And I think my, maybe it's like, I don't know, a result of that is that I want to know how to do that in a way that is like ethical hmm. and I'm meets like everybody's needs. And for me to see like, Love flourished because, like, four youths came out of that. And it was, you know, we're beautiful human beings. And um, and my dad, to some degree, like, seemed like he was really fulfilled and he was never ready to be just one person's partner, even though he he never had the, the fucking... Sorry. Am I allowed to swear? <laughs> yeah, <on>? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, um, for lack of a better term, guts to, like, really just stand up and say, this is happening mm -hmm. and we should all make this a thing. Um I think it's always been important for me to to explore that. Um, mm. I think also that 
I've always known and I've always talked about this. As soon as I became queer, or but as soon as I as soon as I realized I was gay, I well not even realize. I say I realized, I've always known. Mm. As soon as I started seeing um other AFAB people and entering spaces, queer spaces, um, uh, I realized I didn't have to love in a normative way. Like it, I was free of that. And I don't think there's not enough conversation amongst queer people, um, particularly in our community, about the options mm. and the ways in which we can love because we're trying to keep up with the status quo. We, like for so much of my youth, I was trying to just be as... I would want it to be just as normative as straight people. I wanted to have the girlfriend, the yard, the car, the job, the thing, everything. I just wanted to be normal but gay. Mm. Um, and uh, one of the big reasons I chased that person for such a long time is because, like I said, they were just very normative. They were very, like, conventionally attractive um, and sat in this space in the world where it could kind of, like, validate my queerness as normal. Mm-hmm. And... I think I really want to strive for people, for queer people, to be as radical as they can in love and to do as much as they can to love exactly as they want to and as they need to mm-hmm. and for there to be no fear around what that's going to mean for you in a societal respect. Because, you know, you're already queer. Like, let's run with it, you know what I mean? Whole hog. Do the that's beautiful. Thing. Be radical in love, in mm-hmm. the way that we love. Um, on that point, you know, talking looking back to to where you were in that moment and and where you felt like you had to fulfill certain tick boxes or whatever to be accepted um what would you say to young people that are kind of navigating that thing and that space and and feeling like i don't know to be queer must look like this or you know um read like tap into queer histories like people been doing this like, I feel because queer identity right now is being co-opted by mainstream ideals, media, whatever, that they're trying to make it seem like, you know, our biggest issue was gay marriage. It was not. It still not isn't. Like, still isn't. Like, mm. so many of our rights are not being respected. Like, read, tap into oral histories, um, video, anything you can about what it is to be queer and in love and how and the many ways you can do that I think it's really important for everyone especially young people to look back as to what has come before us and like take heed of it Mm. there's no need for you to fall in line like you're already you're already queer like the very word means strange like just do you show up as you want be respectful um, and yeah, just don't don't try to fall in line. And even and also, if you are just someone who wants the car, the house, the thing, the utes, that's absolutely fine. Just know that you're doing it because that's be- that's because what you want. Mm-hmm. I was wondering, actually, you sort of touched on the fact that you went from struggling with two sissies and then you were you were studying, uh, you know, history in San Francisco. What like how, how did you get from one place to the other? When did you sort of go back to school and? It was actually after I broke up with that person I wrote the note to. Um, it ended up being quite an, like an emotionally abusive relationship and I had to be kind of like dragged out of it by my family. Mm. And I spent a year at home in bed, just really depressed because I made her my whole world. 
And I decided that that was going to be how I presented in the world with this person. And like I said, I was going to have the Cardi thing. And um, my sister had a baby and she went to this, um, like a mum's group. And the mum's group was this thing called Discover Me. And it was for young mums who had lost their sense of self and like what they were going to do, how they wouldn't get back into work. Um, but it was like basically like group therapy. And my sister did it. And I was living, she was living with us at the time. And she saw how depressed I was and was like, to the people who ran the, the course, do you think you could tailor this to my little sister? Um, and they were like, yeah, but she's going to have to pretend she just had a baby. So I went into this course for maybe <laughs> for like 10 weeks, pretending I had a ute to all these other women. Until eventually we all had this like breakdown moment. I was like, I've been lying to you. Oh, God. <laughs> and they so were like, it's absolutely fine. We oh. want you. And I put on this vision board that I really wanted to go to school and I wanted to study film and I'd, you know, I dropped off and, um, and uh, yeah, they helped me apply. And I think maybe like six months later, I was, was studying at Ravensbourne. Amazing. Yeah. That's how I ended up back at school. But I think it was always on my mind mm. to go to school. I just, the partner I was with was very um, convinced that if I went to school, then I would leave them. Mm. And they were, they were probably right. <laughs> <laughs> they were probably right. They were like, as, as soon as this person expands their existence, they won't want to be with this me. Is not, yeah. yeah. Mm, and um, mm. that definitely stifled me for those three years. So I didn't end up going to uni till I was 21, 21, 22. Mm. But I definitely needed that time to understand what I wanted to do. If I'd have gone to uni straight away, I'd have, I would have done some mad degree. I'd probably mm. have done, like, I don't know, finance or something. Mm. So, I mean, yeah, your dissertation sounds way more interesting than anything <laughs> that I ever did. <laughs> and then the other thing I wanted to ask you about was, um, obviously you said that you spent a lot of time in the club when you were growing up, which is mm -hmm. funny, what, but kind of makes sense because it kind of foregrounds what you do today. But what do you think your younger self would have thought of what you're up to at the moment? Um, I think my younger self would have been like, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, you were so caught up in um, the presentation of your queerness and how people were accepting it. And... Now at your big, big age, you're creating spaces where people don't even have to think about that mm -hmm. and just show up. And I think, um, so I, my, one of my friends was making a joke about that and said, like, you literally made, you you carved out a, a profession for being gay. Like, you've <laughs> literally, you're a professional gay. Like, you've done it. You've done it. Congrats. Thanks. Um, and, I love that. And yeah, I think my younger self would be really proud. Mm, mm, mm. And you know, they. I think my younger self would. My younger self needed babes, but mm. my older self has got it. Mm. And I think that's really important. Like that reflection, that full circle, closing that gap of like feeling like that young person desperately needed that, and now I'm creating it. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. Do you ever sort of get feedback from younger people about babes? Yeah, and it's honestly amazing. Honestly, like those DMs, Ooh, get me emotional, man. Um, yeah. Is it really important for you to be, like, bringing in that next generation? Yeah. And someone actually messaged me the other day being like, can you start doing under-18 raves? And I was like, you know what? Oh, my God. Do you remember under-18 raves? You know raves? what I'm saying? Did you ever go to the one at, what's that place? You know the one, the place in Kent that everyone used to go to? Oh, um, oh, no. Amadeus? No. That was in I think Rotherhive. Yeah, Amadeus. Amadeus. They, used to, they used to do under-18 raves. They had raves phone parties. Right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't have this in Scotland. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Amadeus used to do under-18 raves and they were sick. So 
I was like, you know what? Contemplate that actually, it. Yeah, that sounds like because a good idea. You we've had f- quite a few people that have come because we've not been very clear and then we're like, we should probably yeah. have something. We need to tap in. Yeah. Like, really and truly. Um, yeah, we, we should do that. I've just, yeah, I've decided <laughs> right now in this room we will do that. We'll yeah. do we'll do things for the, the as you said. What is the best piece of advice that you have been offered of late or ever? Or ever. My dad always said that you should butter the toast all the way to the edges. I rated that because it's, it's just, you know, it's always good news when, you know what I mean, when the whole thing's just moist. Mm. But, <laughs> but um, no, more recently I, I got adopted by these two fantastic older queers and um, we were talking about um, polyamory and monogamy and they, one of them said to me, ultimately, I was just, I was going through like the troubles I was having, navigating it and... She said, ultimately, everything should just be a bit of niceness. And even though it's like such a shorthand, mm. she was just saying, like, in any in any relationship you have with anybody that you love, you should be striving for both of you to be fulfilled and, and enriched and nurtured. And if you see that that person is struggling in that scenario or it's taking away from them, like, let go. And I think I apply that to everything. Like, mm-hmm. any relationship I have with people, if in any way that I'm not showing up um, and it's something that you you deem as, like, toxic or you can't deal with or whatever, we can't have a conversation about it, like, then maybe it's a lock-off thing. But more time with your people, in anything that you do, really and truly, everything should try and, you should try and apply that. Everything should be a bit of niceness. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about getting that tattooed the other day. Mm. Yeah. And I think, I think like, from an outside perspective, um, whenever I hear someone chatting about you, it's always from that position mm. of, like, being like, no, it's a good person Aww. like yeah <laughs> no, we it's, love it's, you it's, basically. it's true though like, it's, it's, like, so I think you're definitely mm. putting that out into mm. the world yeah, um, sure. which is good to know I hope it's good to know <laughs> no 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 of course it is of course it is um, definitely yeah we um we ask all of our wonderful guests on this show um to offer advice to a younger version of themselves <laughs> is there anything specific that you would like to say to the Naeem that was writing that message to, to that girl? Mm. You know what someone said to me the other day? Um, so I'm like struggling around like career things and which direction to go in. And they said, go where it's warm. And at that time it wasn't warm. It was very hostile. And I really had to fight for it. And I don't know, well, I do know why I did that, but I would tell my younger self definitely, like, go where it's warm, where you're wanted, where you're cared for, or create that space. If it's not there for you, create it. Um, I think a lot of us, I mean, especially when we're young, and you know, I, I read something the other day that said, um, a lot of your love languages uh, often are brought about by the things you felt you didn't get in childhood. And I think a lot of people don't recognize sometimes when they're searching for things that they need to give themselves and not look for in other people. And, um, or just address those things. And I would definitely tell that young person that you don't need the you or the car or the very straight identifying girl to to become queer for you um, in order for you to be valid as a person. So, yeah, just go where it's warm. I feel like that is a beautiful I ending. I know. I feel like this. And just, I could actually just yeah. listen to you all day. I, I could. I'm just sitting here smiling. Like, wow. You do radiate warmth. So, yeah, amazing. Thank Thanks. you so much. Yeah, thank, thank you. Thank so you for much. having me. 
Um, we we have um, <laughs> we have a quick fire. We're gonna do some quick fire I, questions. I feel like no, the, the mood. I'm like, oh yeah. wow. Look, I just feel like you've given me so much to think about yeah. in terms of the way that we love and the way that we think about love. Mm. Um, really, I felt like I was trying to shit. Nah, no. Obviously, like, like, wow. <laughs> so I'm wise. getting my queer education now. <laughs> um, okay, yeah, we do have some super quick fire question. Just like answer as succinctly as you can please um so what is your favorite tv show right now insatiable insatiable yeah i've seen it no No. i've not seen it it's based on this film uh i can't remember what it was called but it was about like killer beauty queens in the south wait that what isn't that one problematic yeah everything's problematic (laughs) (laughs) but actually there's a problem (laughs) the show is so problematic But it's so absurd, okay. like mm-hmm. so so absurd that I like. I'm like, I beg you, everyone, take it with a pinch of salt. Like okay. it's ridiculous. It's like Sunset Beach. I don't know if you ever saw Sun. You're, you're mm. a bit too young for that. Oh right. wow! Oh, come on. <laughs> hey, like, yeah, sorry. A couple I'm playing, years. I'm playing, I'm playing. <laughs> but it's like literally telenovela bullshit. Okay. Oh, okay. All right, maybe I'll give it. A maybe go. I'm here for it. Okay, another show then. Because I'm here. Like, <laughs> Did you watch you, you the one? That. By the way. Huh? Did you watch you the one? No, from but I'm going to. I'm going to. The show called Dragula. So it's like the alternative to Drag Race, mm. but it's about horror, glamour, filth, and uh, gore. Oh, I quite like the sound of that. And it's it's basically more to do with like horror, horror drag, um, and themes around like g- like gender. Like there's this the, fir- it's the only show I've ever seen with a drag king on it. Two no- three non-binary performers, one who was like a post-binary drag artist, um, and it's more about subverting ideas around drag. I'm ready for a replacement for RuPaul, so yes. Yeah, go for it. I will check it out. Um, what is your favourite song? What is my favourite song? That's messed uh, Right now it is, um, uh, what's her name? Young M.A., She Like, I'm Like. She Like, I'm Like. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, and the final question in the quick fire round is, who is your role model? Who's my role model? Hmm... You know, I really had to like. I recently had to divorce a role model. That's really sad. But um, so I haven't really replaced anyone. It's heartbreaking. I feel like my generation, my scene. Like, I don't know. There was a person. They were right. Ah, but they came up with this term, seniuses, and it's about the people that contribute to the genius of a moment and a revolution in art or a renaissance in art. And I really feel like yourselves, like many, many peers, I could name, I could go on for time, especially from South as well. Yeah. <laughs> but essentially, like, honestly, just give me so mm, much mm, fuel every day, motivation to just get up and, like, do the damn thing. So, yeah, I would say, like, my, my generation, especially, especially, like, black rich people, man. Like, just mm. stand up, in it, Like, mm-hmm. you're smashing it. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you. Yeah, thank <laughs> you so much. That was amazing. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I feel like whenever I hear Naeem speak, I'm just, like, enamoured. <laughs> like, wow, I could sit here and watch you talk all day, every day. And I think just in terms of their journey and, like, the years of research and study and, like, figuring things out and, like, conceptualising of language. And also I didn't know about, you know, going to San Fran and, like, mm. seeing what the scene was like there. And then and the language that, that was used and, then, and, and bringing that over here. I think, yeah, yeah. exactly, that was... Just think, really interesting. And didn't the extract, I, I felt like it very much made sense when they sort of contextualised it within this this space of them 
partying and like being 16 mm-hmm. and coming out and then doing babes and as I said like at the end of our conversation like this was always going to be my job yeah this was going to be my job it's like you know someone who who wanted to create a space for people like me which is again you know mm. something that we're very like au fait with like at Galdem like mm. I think there's a threat like a common thread to everyone to be honest that we've spoken to um whether that's you know writing the music that you wanted to listen mm. to that speaks to your emotion whether that's creating a space to 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 kind of counter um stereotypes around you know east asian women whether that's wanting to create a space free from kind of gender binaries you know as queer people where we can just exist i think everyone that we've spoken to really mm-hmm. has like embodies that spirit yeah for sure and it got me thinking about specifically with Naeem, it got me thinking about polyamory in like a fresh way um I watched the like Louis Theroux documentary recently, and I think that really doesn't give it a good uh, a good show. Oh my god, I rewatched that Did as well. You? Yeah, trash. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, go back to George now tonight yeah. and, and have a conversation. <laughs> so, babe, <laughs> no, but I just I like the idea of uh, Naeem's seeking out ethical ways in which to explore that mm. aspect of their identity and just being honest with yourself yeah. and, and what it is that you need, and also you know being conscious of what. The people around you yeah. too. So very beautiful, very warm. Very wise. Very wise. Mm. I really enjoyed it. This has been an II Studios production. Our researchers for the series have been Sana Huck and Alicia Ali. Thank you so much for listening. We really hope you enjoyed this episode and that you'll tune into the next one. You can find Growing Up with Galdam on Apple Podcasts, the Acast app, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Please leave us a review, rate us and subscribe. It really helps the show. And if you'd like to find out more about Galdem, you can head over to our Instagram page at Galdemzine. That's G-A-L-D-E-M-Z-I-N-E. Or you can visit our website, which is G-A-L hyphen, which is important, D-E-M dot com. Galdem has a book which is out now. It's called I Will Not Be Erased, Our Stories About Growing Up as People of Colour. You can find it in all good bookstores or online. Thank you so much for listening. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm lip fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. 
For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.